0: Welcome to the Whale Studying Podcast. Today is episode 214. It's January 19th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today we're going to put investing in the stock market, things like that aside. Here's what I wanted to talk about today, and I'm going to try and do this in a fairly quick episode, and that is sort of my New Year's resolution for 2017, uh, as many of you have asked me to do uh, to provide more content, even if it's smaller, shorter segments. So here we go a question I receive uh, in varying degrees, but the question goes something like this, should I go back to school? And the question is coming from people that find themselves in dead end jobs or dead end careers. Oftentimes the people I'm hearing from are in their 30s, 40s, sometimes even in their 50s. And while the answer to that question is obviously gonna be different for everyone, I wanna talk to you about just a, a, a general way that you can use from a critical thinking skills standpoint to assess whether going back to school is right for you. So let's paint the scenario. Let's say you're 35 years old. You went to school and studied you know, XYZ. You're now either working in that industry or doing something completely different you're stuck working in a dehumanized cubicle or the work is boring or you think it's unethical or you just don't like it or you don't like the people you work with whatever it is but you feel like you're stuck in this job maybe it's just that you're not making enough money you think based on where you are in your experience and skill and your age that you should be making more but you're just in a stagnant industry and that can happen you know believe me plenty of people are really good quality talented people but they happen to be stuck in a dying industry or an industry that's depressed for whatever reason. I mean, think about it. What if you were the world's greatest salesman and you were working in the 1990s, the late 1990s in particular, and your job was to sell advertisements in the Yellow Pages telephone directory? Now, some of you young people may not even know what that is, but the bottom line is, no matter how good of a salesman you were, your career was gonna be short-lived because that industry went away. So you may be where you're at, stuck in this dead-end job as no fault of your own. Or, you know what, it could be totally your fault. That's irrelevant at this point. The bottom line is, should you go back to school and train for something else that's going to get you a better job? Again, there's many ways to answer this. The bottom line, and me coming at it from a financial guy, I like to look at everything from an economic standpoint anyways. So I think the thing you want to consider from the start, and it may not be and it shouldn't probably be your only item to consider, but it's something that you have to place a lot of weight on, and that's the ROI, the return on investment. Is going back to school really going to get you a better job and get you making more money? Now, I say that it isn't the only thing you should consider because, you know, perhaps you're in a job that pays a lot of money, but you just hate it. And so we can't put necessarily a dollar figure on those kind of experiences. But because of the stress and depression and all the other things that can come about when you're working in a job that you hate, there definitely is an economic impact to it. And so while it may be hard to quantify, it's definitely there. And that's something that you got to sit down and consider on your own. I can't explain that to you in a podcast. That's something where you need to sit down with your mentor or your spouse or your partner or whatever and work through that and get some advice as to what you need to do to bring you more happiness. And that generally means finding more meaning in your life. Ah, but that's a topic for another day. So let's get back to the economic considerations of it. What is the ROI? What is the return on investment for you going back to school? Well, this is usually only easy to figure out if it involves some type of a professional career, professional certification, or something that has a, a very well-defined educational outcomes Let's say, for example, that you're working in the field of physical therapy or you would like to be in the field of physical therapy. That particular career path, I believe, you can go in with something like an associate's degree and then you're sort of like a a helper and a technician, or you go for the full PhD or doctorate program, whatever they call it, where you're doing, you know, maybe six to eight years and you come out with the full professional certification to be a physical therapist. And so there's really only two ways to get a job in that industry. You're either going to go in at the lower education, lower pay level, with an associate's degree, or you're going to go the full Ph.D. route. Now, you may not like that, you may not agree with that, but that's the reality of the situation. Or at least it is as far as my example here goes. Right again, I could be off base, I don't know the specifics of it, but you see the picture I'm trying to draw here. You may want to have a job or a career field that's limited by strict educational and credential requirements. And whether you like that or not, you have to achieve that level of education and those credentials to get a job in that field. When you have a career field or a job that has those very specific requirements, then it's fairly easy to figure out a return on investment because you can know exactly how much the schooling is going to cost you or at least have a good ballpark of it. And generally, there is a lot of information provided about what professionals make. You know, what do brain surgeons make? What do physical therapists make? What do professional engineers make? These these things are readily available. So you can simply run the numbers and do the math. How much is that tuition going to cost you and how many years are you going to have to work in that new field to pay back for that education. Now something else you have to add into that ROI calculation is not only the tuition that you're going to pay but also the opportunity costs if you're quitting your full-time job to go back to school, you're not only paying that $30,000, $40,000 in tuition, but you're also losing that annual income that you would have been making had you been at your old job. So you have to factor that in as well. And that's generally where the equation breaks down. And that's why with most people that I've talked to and counseled, it really hasn't made sense for them to go back to school and retrain because the payback and the sacrifice can really be too long And that's particularly going to happen the older you get. You know, if you're 30 years old, yeah, you still have a lot of years ahead of you. But if you're 57, you know, not so much. Now, the people that I've talked to where it really did make sense for them to go back to school, in most cases, and this is particularly for for older people, older workers, it did make sense if they could go to school and maintain a full-time job. And it's best if they can maintain that high-paying full-time job, even though it's the one they hate when you're working towards a goal you'll find yourself much more able to tolerate things knowing that, hey, I only need to do this job that I hate for two more years because I'm going to get my other degree and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a job in a career field that I like. The other thing to think about, and this is where you can really get a good return on your investment, and that's can you get a certification or some type of a credential without going back to full-time school? having some type of a credential or a certification that proves that you're competent in a particular area and this is something you know that we definitely see in in fields like um, IT where someone goes out and they uh, pass some type of a Microsoft certification or they become certified in some type of a security software they didn't have to go to school for that the great part about being able to test out and get something like a credential or some type of certification is that it doesn't matter where you got the knowledge. You know, you could have acquired that in your working career. You could have acquired that from a hobby. You could have gotten that through self-study. It doesn't matter. And so receiving some type of an industry certification has a much better return on investment than having to go back to school. So what do you do if you don't get a good ROI where it isn't economical for you to go back to school? Well, in most cases, you probably don't need that extra education anyway. And this would apply to people that are not in some type of a professional career path like a doctor or a lawyer or something where they make you have a particular degree. If you're employed like 90% of the people out there and you have some type of a Bachelor of Arts or a a BS degree, you know, been working for 10 or more years, you're in your 30s, you're just stuck in that dead-end career and you think you can't get out of it, well, you probably can and you don't need that extra education Because in most cases, a degree is just used as a screening process. They want to make sure that people are responsible adults. And for the most part in our society, you know, that rite of passage means that you've attained four years of a college degree. But you really don't need what you've learned in college to perform most jobs. That's the way it is today, and that's the way it was, you know, 100 years ago. If you go back and you look at all the great institutions and landmarks and things here in America... You you know, go from the Golden Gate Bridge all the way over across the continent to the Empire State Building. You know, everything in between, all the buildings, all the institutions, the interstate highway system, the railroads, the dams. I mean, all that infrastructure that's been built and all the organizations that came up around that infrastructure. Well, you know what? It was all built using human labor that had an eighth grade education or less. Yeah, and you may not think that's true, but it really is. Think about it. If you go back to my grandparents and that era of people, prior to them, most people never even graduated from high school. My maternal grandfather had an 8th grade education. My paternal grandfather only had a 3rd grade education. Now, neither one of these guys were dummies. They were really smart, intelligent men. They just didn't have formal educations. But that lack of formal education didn't stop them from being able to know how to read and write and do mathematics at probably a better level than most college graduates today. So if you are in a career field that doesn't require that professional degree and you already have a BA or a BS and or you, you've been working for the last 10 years, going back to school probably isn't gonna do you any good. You know, again, you can run that ROI on it. If you're a school teacher and you know that your school district will pay you an extra $10,000 a year if you have a master's degree, then, again, it's real easy for you to just run those numbers and see if it makes sense and how long the payoff is. In a case like that, unless you're going to a very expensive school, it probably does make sense. But that's not where most people are at. Most people are working in a job where a college degree is really irrelevant, other than the fact that they make you have it. And since you already have a BA or a BS in XYZ studies, you've proved that you're mature and you're competent, you have the ability to learn And since you've been working for 10 or more years, you've also proved that you're a competent employee. So rather than going to school and retrain for something else, you probably just need to market yourself better so that you can get that new job. An employer doesn't want to hire you because of your educational background. They want to hire you because you can get results. You can get the job done. You can make their life easier. You can make them more money. And so you need to get in front of that hiring manager and position yourself and tell your story about why you can do all those things, about how you can make that company more money, about how you can be more productive than someone else they're gonna hire. And chances are, it's nothing you're gonna learn getting another degree at a university. It's gonna be people skills, it's gonna be street smarts, it's gonna be applying common sense and critical thinking skills, And if you can portray yourself as a problem solver that knows how to do those things and implement them in the type of environment that your future employer is in, then that's going to help you more than any type of a degree is going to. So more than anything, you probably need to learn how to market yourself. We'll have to save that for another day. We have talked about that in previous episodes. Go back and search those. I'm sure we'll be talking much more about that as the year unfolds. But hey, speaking of careers, I was recently interviewed by Austin Martin over at the Homesteady podcast. Now Austin's interest and emphasis is pretty much on farming, but the concepts that we talk about are really all about developing your career, developing your skills, and building wealth. Austin does a great job with production quality. I think you'll really enjoy the interview. I'll put a link in today's show notes, but if you'll Google Homesteady, you'll find that in iTunes, you'll find it on his website, you'll find it over in YouTube as well. Hey, speaking of YouTube, In the past, people have asked me to do some videos showing how to do basic charting and uh, kind of following some of the trades I do. Maybe even doing like a a quarterly portfolio review, but do it visually on YouTube so you can follow along and watch. If that's something you're interested in, get in touch with me over at wealthsteading.com and let me know. And then if there's enough interest, I'll put that together and I'll try and do at least a couple videos. Now, this will be done for free. It'll be readily available out there on YouTube. I just don't want to put the effort into doing the videos if, you know, two people are going to watch them. But if we get enough interest, I'll definitely put that together. Well, that's it. That's all I have for today. Again, thank you for joining me. Since tomorrow's the inauguration of Donald Trump and he'll be the 45th President of the United States, just for fun, let's welcome the Donald into office with a shout-out to all those Russian hackers. Until the next episode, this is John Puglielsen.